Welcome everybody to Katie Loves Kaiju, where we talk about giant monsters, monster movies, and kaiju blue. I'm Katie. I'm Will. And this week we are talking about Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. I love it. I feel like pretty consistently I say the name of the thing and then you just repeat it in like an excited and supportive way. <laughs> it's fine. I'm like, we're talking about popsicles. Popsicles. <laughs> well, Popsicles would be like, eh, I'm fine with them. <laughs> okay, like, they're, they're all <laughs> they're right. They're all right. Um, so, yeah, so... I love Pacific Rim. Will loves Pacific Rim. I just bought the art book the other day. I did see that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty over cool. here. Um, I'm a big fan of Guillermo del Toro, period. Great. I'm sure he's a big fan of you, too. Maybe. Aww... Katie loves Guillermo. No! Spin-off podcast, Will, Guillermo loves Will. <laughs> Got it. Nailed it. Uh, keep that joke in. I will. Or don't. I don't care. One of, one of my weird comedy things I've always wanted to do, but I'll never, I'll never get around to it, is, like, I don't know, but, like, the Guillermo del Toro retrospective, where, um, I've done this for you before, haven't no, I? I don't think so. Okay. Um, because Guillermo del Toro is a genius, but he's also very weird, like, his first movie, Kronos, is like, I wanted to do a version of the vampire myth, but, you know, bring in more things that you don't usually see. What are the vampires like? They like uh, blood and eternal youth and uh, clockwork and bugs. Just throw it all in there. <laughs> see, I've never heard of Kronos. Oh, Kronos is insane. <laughs> it is also the name of the timekeeping software we used at my last job. Oh. So you say Kronos, I'm like, I'm... I gotta go punch in. No, Kronos is a is a very interesting... He's the god of time. True. It, it's a very interesting riff on the vampire myth with a lot of, you know, clockwork and bugs. And it's, um... Has Ron Perlman playing a Mexican. It's very strange. That is weird. Um, I'm gonna try, just for fun, to name all the Guillermo del Toro movies that I can think of. There Ready? aren't many. Go. Hellboy. Okay. Call, no, Shape of Water, because that's new and mm-hmm. easy. Um, Pan's Labyrinth. Yep. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, the reimagining. Produced, I think he wrote it, didn't direct it. It's aesthetically pretty Guillermo. Sure. Pretty Guillermo. Um, Hell, Hellboy 2. Hellboy 2. Is there a Hellboy 3? No. Okay, great. That He didn't do that one, because no. it doesn't exist. Correct. Um, Al. Um, hold on, there's one more. It's, that's it. Okay. Is uh, that everybody? Uh, you're missed Mimic. Mimic. And... Haven't seen it. Oh, good. Uh, Mimic, The Devil's Backbone. Nope, never heard of it. And there's something else in there I'm forgetting. What's the name of the guy? The... Fuck, I knew it previously. The name of the, the tall guy who plays Abe, Jones. Abe Sapien. You could have let me finish the sentence. <laughs> no. No, probably not. No. Great. So Guillermo del Toro, not to be confused with Benicio del Toro, um, is a very talented director um, and has a very specific aesthetic to his films. And I think a particular uh, spin on Spooky. Mm-hmm. Oh, Blade 2. Forgot about Blade 2. How could you? Get out. I'm sorry. Um... So Pacific Rim, I haven't seen it. Let's see. It came out in 2013. Mm-hmm. That seems like a really long time ago. 
It's incredible how, you know, as we get older, time just sort of starts hurtling by. Let's just get really introspective for a while <laughs> on the podcast. <sighs> Guys, we're all gonna die. It's true. Well, not me. Oh, well, Will's a Kronos vampire, so he's gonna <laughs> live forever with his bugs and his blood. Having not seen it, that's some, uh, that's what I've heard it's about, but... Um, so Pacific Rim. Uh, let's just, for fun, pretend that people live under rocks and don't know anything about this movie. Mm-hmm. Give us, uh, give us a 10 second synopsis. Uh, giant robots fight giant monsters from another dimension. That was like a three second synopsis. I'm proud of you. Okay. Uh, let me just throw in some, let me pepper it with some detail. Ildri- oh, fuck. Idris Alba. Yep. Right? The guy from Sons of Anarchy. Yep. Ron Perlman. Mm-hmm. Charlie Day. Yep. Nuclear blood. Nuclear? Toxic. Nuclear. Let's go. Toxic blood. Yeah. Called Kaiju Blue. And one of the most traumatic scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Mm-hmm. That's not true, but okay, so there have been scenes in movies described to me that are more traumatic than this actual film, but from the perspective of someone who's deeply afraid of giant monsters, uh, the, there's a scene in this that stuck with me. I believe I referenced it in one of our earlier episodes. It might have been a, a, a deep cut, that, <laughs> the, one of the car, one of our car ride hmm. uh, episodes that we will release someday. Maybe, ooh, ooh, if we get a Patreon, we could do the thing where we we bribe you with special content. <laughs> Give us money and you can listen to us talk. <laughs> Wait, you're already doing that for free. Anyways, um, yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, and then the, the there's a, a big red Russian. A big, oh, fuck. A big Russian and a less big Russian. Are they Russian? The characters are. Are they not Russian in the movie? No. What? Isn't there, like, there's... Yeah, there's... There's like a Russian team and then... And, and, and There's an American team, a Russian team, a uh, Chinese team. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, like, like the may, char- they may or may not wear red. I yeah. don't know. The, the, the characters are Russian. The actor, I think the actress is American and um, the actor is French-Canadian. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else I remember. I don't. I remember did, really, really, really did liking. Did you say it. you didn't see this movie? I did see this. Okay, I was just like, sort of like I didn't see this. Like, yes, you have. I haven't seen it since I saw it the first time. Okay. I might have started saying I haven't seen this movie, and then realizing it was 2013, which was a long time ago, and then we got existential. Oh yeah, that okay. That's, that's yeah. That's so what happened. I have, that's what happened. I I, I have seen it. I've seen this film exactly once. I remember enjoying it incredibly, but there were certain things, and I can't remember what, were um, certain things that were either confusing or I was sleeping during. (laughs) Uh, So I'm excited to see it again. It has been close to five years since I've seen this movie, and tomorrow, chronologically, probably not... When this is released, Will and I will be going to see the fuck Pacific Rim, the Pacific Rim. Oh shit, that would have been a good joke. The Pacific Rim sequel, Pacific Rim. It's not called that. I don't even know what it's called. Will Pacific Rick. (laughs) Uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, which was a 
real, uh, not not a gamble, long shot. Um, a little background. This this movie is interesting because it's a multi-million dollar blockbuster film like not based on like a comic book or a you know a previous property it's a fully original idea and it did all right i um it got you know pretty good reviews uh i think i think it opened third Mm -hmm. uh so the fact oh yeah we want to make a sequel is sort of like oh we're gonna Let's make Pacific Rim Two happen. I think there were campaigns that I may have contributed to, and oh, so you're taking responsibility right now? Uh, yeah, I'm not, d- d- like d- on the record. <laughs> if it sucks, it's my fault. Yeah, yeah, um, and then, I, you, you know, all heard it. But there were things like because you know, Guillermo del Toro always does like 14 different things at one time. He's like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna have the time to do Pacific Rim Two. And I was like, oh god, no, it's not gonna happen. But the guy who did Daredevil will like, hooray! Okay, so he didn't make the second one. He he didn't direct it. He executive produced it. Produced it executively. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, something else popped in my head while you were talking, and then I forgot it. Uh, we are looking at the description of this movie on a service called Vudu. Uh, I think the description's probably coming from Rotten Tomatoes, because this is sourcing... Um, the Rotten Tomato rating plus something, the rating from the Voodoo community. Um, I'm just annoyed, and I mentioned this to Will earlier. Uh, sometimes we read you guys the IMDb description. This one says sci fi action. There's no article, by the way. It's not a sci fi, it's just sci fi action epic about a ragtag band of humans that band together in the year 2025 to fight legions of monstrous creatures rising from the sea. Blah, blah, blah. Now, I'm annoyed because you can't say a ragtag band of humans band together. You can. Obviously, they did. But there's other words than band. What is rag Say ta- crew. Yeah, ragtag crew of humans band together. Also, ragtag makes it sound like they're Muppets. Or like, you know, like really smart toddlers or something. But- Not ragtag band. Like, that sounds like they happened upon each other. Like, I don't know why, but now I'm suddenly having, like, a, a boxcar children moment here. Versus, <laughs> these are people who are trained, like, have volunteered for this. I've been, you know, like, have fucking mind meld, or whatever. Uh, psychically linked. They're not fucking ragtag. God, that makes me mad. Anyways. Well, it, it makes more sense when you actually watch the movie. So, like, they're not ragtag in the fact, like, oh, you know, they just... They built these in their backyard to save the universe. I'm gonna... I'm just gonna stop you there. I've googled ragtag. Okay. Okay? And this... I get where you're coming from. In that they're not necessarily, like, the fucking Navy SEALs or whatever. They're just a bunch of people who fit the the, the bill. Ragtag means untidy, disorganized, or incongru- incongruously varied in character... That's true. A ragtag group of idealists. Or noun, a group of people perceived as disreputable or undesirable. Which sort of fits. It's not, I, it's not ideal. I disagree. They could have just said so many different things. But it's fine. I just, every time <laughs> I look... How dare you, Warner Brothers copy editor? <laughs> or whomever. We don't know. Read the fucking thing off the box. I'll, I'll read it to you later. It's in the other room. I'm too lazy to go get it. 
Well, this I I'm in a, I'm in a terrible mood now. Like we can't watch this movie. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, the podcast is canceled. Okay, bye everybody. Yeah, it was good to see you. Will and I just never speak again. <laughs> no, you be funny. Go. Hooray. <laughs> um Darn, it's like the worst thing to say to someone. Like, no, <laughs> quick, be hilarious. <laughs> quick, you'll be interesting. Uh, no, it's like I... Like I... My thing about Guillermo del Toro is... How many times do you plan on saying Guillermo del Toro during the course of the intro? A bunch. You've said it like 72 times. Shh. No, keep on. I, I think he's... he's you. He, it's fine. Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> You're mean to me. No, I'm not. I'm impish. <laughs> um GDT. Mm-hmm. Ya boy. Mm-hmm. Your boy. He's got a like everything in his movies. Do you know how in the Avengers everything looks very clean? Yes. <laughs> Nodding is not audible. I'm being agreeable. <laughs> uh you know, like, everything's very clean. I mean, and speaking of someone who loves the Avengers, you know, it uh it doesn't look like people you know, like, the, the helicarrier set, you know, okay, I can see this being a, you know, a, you know, it looks like a set, but it doesn't have that sense of, like, this is a, a place where people actually work. Yeah, like, lived in. Yeah, there's, like, I mean, all of Guillermo del Toro's set uh, dressing and... Treatment? No. Yes, a set dressing, scenic design, which he contributes a lot in. Everything looks lived in. Everything looks like it has a purpose and a point. Like, uh, e- like even down to like little things that you only like. In the art book, the like the uh, spinal things that you see for all of two seconds, and they have little things that go beedly 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 that get attached to the backs of the Jaeger pilots. He said that I was like, okay, this is what everything does, and I want it to go like this, you know, like and have little like legs that gra- you know, the, like that want little to shrimp, grab shrimpy legs, yeah, little shrimpy legs that grab the spine, and it should look like this. And he thinks about everything, mm-hmm. and it's and so there's always like it's like a layered, very detailed, very lived in, which I've always kind of liked. Yes. Also, uh, I feel like we'd watch some of the behind the scenes stuff when we were like after we watched Alien. And then we watched more behind-the-scenes stuff when we watched The Martian, which mm-hmm. we did not record an episode for because as much as Matt Damon... I was going to say something <laughs> shitty about Matt Damon. I was like, no, As, I as much as Matt to... Damon is history's greatest monster. <laughs> as opposed to American treasure John Goodman. Um, I'm sorry, Matt Damon. I didn't mean it. I couldn't even make the joke. I was like, no. <laughs> Anywho, we were, ta- we were watching some stuff about how, how Ridley Scott... Um, is involved with his set design and his costume design and he's very visual and he's very he very much has a sort of believable approach mm-hmm. to you know it doesn't look like oh, oh my god like this is my biggest beef with harry potter movies is it looks like it all looks like cgi it all looks like you know obviously all of this is green screen and like it's it's very you know somebody it's put pretty a lot, but it's not real right like someone put a lot of work into it and like hello how are you good, good to see you Someone put, I talk with my hands and I tend to like put my hand like in Will's face <laughs> while we're recording because we're in kind of close quarters and sometimes it's just rude. Um, but yeah, so there's certain, then again, Harry Potter was like, we're just going to make millions be- or billions at this point because we fucking can. It's Harry Potter. But 
Um, that movie is just so disappointing visually for me that I, I find it unforgivable. Like, I will watch them and I will, you know, I'll jam out because the, the freaking soundtrack's good. And here I am talking about Harry Potter. This is not what this podcast is for, but... I'm, I'm with you about, you know, like, making a set look, like, choosing to design a set in such a way that doesn't look like a set. It looks like, mm-hmm. you know, like somebody wandered onto an actual space station or into, into an actual giant robot onboarding site, and you don't really have, you don't, it's not so set-ish that it's distracting. Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. Am I with you? Because, like, I feel you. And that's, like, one of the things um, that I liked a lot about Alien was that the ship felt like, you know, it kind of looked like crap. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is like, it, it's not dated in that re- regard in that it might just, you know, it's just a bunch of people who are like blue co- doing blue collar space work. Um, yeah. So I'm definitely going to watch the movie with that in mind and kind of see if I pick up on it. Because I, again, like as far as visual memory goes, um I know that the the kaiju are humanoid. No, I'm sorry. The 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 Jaegers are humanoid. You know, they've got two legs, two arms, and kind of look like people robots. And then the the kaiju are c- crabish. Well, there's a crabish one. There's a crabish. Are one they that... named? Yeah, they all have names. Did we talk about this before? Not in this. But in the deep cut. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. The name of the one that scares me. Onibaba. Onibaba. See, that's so charming. I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm actually really fucking psyched to watch this movie. I'm I'm, I'm mad that you watched it without me. Well, mom watched it, and then you happened to blunder be, into the room. Be, you're like, hello, I'm here, and <laughs> oh, this is happening. Yeah, I mean, you could pick mom up and move her, but <laughs> that seems rude. She did make us, so. Um, I think I've talked this to death, though. So okay, so we'll be right back after. I don't know. A word from our robot. And we're back. Hello. After a little bit of time. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. So, Katie. Yes. I've seen Pacific Rim. That's me. My, 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 my sister, Pacific Rim Heart. <laughs> Pacific Rim. That'll be the name of my firstborn. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> You've got no say in the matter. We were going to go with Annie, but now it's just going to be Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim. Baby girl, Pacific Rim. <laughs> Anyways. Were you Man to... or woman, girl or boy, Pacific Rim. Yes, correct. Uh... Good talk. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. <laughs> Just like you hear the door close. <laughs> Slam. How did we manage to both in, in, in uh do uh what's the word um fuck not imitate what was the word we're just doing? Imitate. I guess imitate steps, but at the exact same pace without <laughs> even looking at each other. Like for you, for those of you who, at home who can't see me, I'm lounging on the couch and I'm not looking at Will even a little bit. I'm looking. I'm I'm actively averting my gaze. Anyways, Pacific- I'm hideous. 
Pacific it's Rim. True. Pacific Rim. We love Pacific Rim. We do love Pacific Rim. Um let's let's just kick let's just kick things off. Yeah. Um I mean it's got everything a little girl could could hope for. Giant monsters, giant monster fighting robots, mm-hmm. or giant robots fighting monsters. I think both, both really is, right. is what's going on there. A lot of uh, collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit. That was what, uh, during the, the fight between the one that ends up flying. Spoilers. Otachi, yep. Otachi. Uh, Otachi, This the fight between... Um, I must get him. The boy robot. Gypsy Danger. Gypsy Danger and Otachi is... There's just so many buildings that are broken. Mm-hmm. It is excessive. I'm like, there are people in there, probably. Like, the janitor's like, I'm just gonna get ahead of tomorrow's work. And he's, like, mopping the floor. And then, like, well, somebody goes... Somebody. Some giant monster goes through the building. And it's well, horrible. I mean, and like, this is a, um, a world where this has been happening for a fucking... Uh, what, what, 10 years? 10 years? Yeah, 10, year, 10 yeah, or 13 years at that point. He said he was 15 when the yeah. first monster climbed out yeah. of the, the ocean. The ocean? The ocean. That's yeah, how so, Neil deGrasse Tyson, he says, water <laughs> in the ocean. Uh, yeah, so, so <laughs> like, and uh, there's all these, like, early warning systems in check, so I, I, I think the implication is that all the buildings are empty unless you're a fucking Doofus. Janitor, trying to get your shit done. Katie hates janitors. No, I'm very compassionate about janitors, and I'm concerned for their well-being. She hates them. No, I don't. Don't do that. <laughs> I hate everyone but janitors. Hates. God. Anywho, um, yeah, so that was a lot. Um, that You make a fair point, though, that this is not the first time this has happened, mm-hmm. so it's like they probably stopped building new buildings, anticipating that all the buildings might get knocked down anyways. I really am curious how people in the middle of the world, like, not the world, the center of the earth, how do you think they feel about this So, like, 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 people in Nebraska. Yes, or, that's exactly what I meant. Um, or, or Russia. Pe- or people, like, in Florida. Does Russia have any coastline? Yeah. Damn it. Okay, how about... One of the Jaegers is Russian. God damn it, you're absolutely <laughs> correct. I'm fired. Yep. Uh, Florida has a ton of coastline. Yeah, but it's not. It's in the Atlantic Ocean. <sighs> Have you missed the entire it's point called of the Pacific Rim? Guys, guys, we're fine. We're from New England. We don't have to worry about it. What's the? Why are we even watching this? I don't even know anymore. Well, goodbye. <laughs> Click. <laughs> and then we just do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I'm the best at sound effects. There is a prequel comic called Tales from Year Zero, where uh, the screenwriter sort of started. Ha- you know, they they kind of allude to it in the. We figured out that we couldn't use one pilot, but then we see. Like, the scientist who developed the program, you know, the neural link to the robots fell in love with the test pilot, and she, oh my god, he's gonna stroke out, so she puts on the, another thing to try to help him, and then they merge together, it's like, oh my god, this is incredible, and we see, um, you know, we meet, uh, Stacker's co-pilot, and... Who is it? I think her name is Tamsin. It's a pretty girl. It is a pretty girl. It's it, a pretty I think, girl. I think, I think it's his wife. Aw. Aw. So was she... Aw. So, aw. Hold on. Yeah. I'm having a freak out because he, 
in the movie you see Stacker land and pick up baby. So Stacker lands in Japan yep. and finds baby Mako and his wife's there the whole time and they adopt her. Well, I think at that point she has passed out due to the radiation poisoning. It's been a while since I've read Tales from Year Zero. I don't even think I have Wait, a Wait, did she die before they adopt baby Mako? I think so. Well, I don't you reco- said passed out, not passed away. She passed out. There's so much. Can we just go with my thing? Because it's real precious. Yeah, sure. Let's go with your thing. Yay! Fa- I'm in <laughs> denial about death. Katie's headcanon is what she just described. Yes. Also, every time I say the word headcanon, my eyeballs leak out of my skull. See, you say headcanon, and I think of someone whose canon is a head. Like Lockdown in Age of Extinction. Sure. <laughs> well, you're a nerd. Yeah. True. Anyways, yeah, so that's great. Um, why were we talking about the comic book, though? How did we get there? Oh, oh, um... <laughs> which, which actual ocean is <laughs> fucking... Well, the, the, the sort of idea is that, you know, like, you know, huge, terrible monsters are attacking, so, you know, once they figured out it wasn't just the one... They uh, tracked it down to the Mariana Trench. Yeah, and they figured out, oh, you know, you know there's a big you know, hole in the space-time continuum and monsters are coming out of it. I think they sort of like, hey, everyone who isn't actively working on this project why aren't you working on this project yeah sort of sort of big deal i mean so like the new england doctors i'm biased but i'm pretty sure all the doctors in new england are the smartest doctors Mm -hmm. even though they weren't at threat to have a giant monster like knock on their front door they're like i guess we'll go help the other people of earth yeah you'd have the people like you know like um going with the new england thing like they would Something like this happens where we need to build giant robots. They would nationalize MIT and just be like, whatever you're doing, now you're dorking on giant robots. But I'm in the math department. Do do robot math. Do robot math. Great. I want to major in robot math. <laughs> Too bad I'm bad at math and went to school for art. What were we watching? I'm remembering now what happened. And in case you didn't listen to the Tremors episode... Uh, we, we watched, we recorded here, mm-hmm. we were in the same place, and we talked about watching the movie, and we were gonna go watch it, I went home and watched it, Will w- was at his home and watched it, I, we were messaging the whole time, and then I watched some special features, then the next day I got in a car crash, so it took us some time to get back together and actually record the follow-up, which is why it sounds like I have brain damage. Because she technically does. I do. I'm, I'm mostly fine, though. Thank you for asking. Um, so I was watching a special feature, and they were talking about the, the development of the kaiju and the creature design. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was really fascinating was the fact that he wanted each one to have um, sort of a, a root in a real animal. Mm-hmm. Or not sort of. He wanted, like, so the big fat one, I think, was a turtle or a frog. Yeah, uh, yeah Leatherback is, you know, one part gorilla to one part you know it walks like a gorilla it it's named after a turtle it's got um it's it's, it looks like a lizard but yeah and then the other thing that was really fascinating about that special um give that after oh my god what am i talking about special feature no yeah special special feature was um him talking about everything having weight mm-hmm. and how oh, the yeah. weight sells the scale mm-hmm. and this movie does an incredible job of making you really really believe the scale because you're watching giant monsters and giant robots and then 
they'll cut to a scene where it's the human scale and you're like okay and then you see the, they'll do a good job of framing it so that you see them in the same space mm-hmm. but all of a sudden the people are like the size of a grain of rice and it's fucked up yep. but it it's it's incredibly well done in that regard yep. no it's you know it's the difference between <laughs> you know this and like um you know pacific rim and transformers um is particularly the uh, the, the first uh, the first transformers film is you know the autobots and the decepticons they move very fast because even though they're mechanical that's their biology hmm. while these are machines, so they would have to actually go in and production designers sat down and worked out, you know, how the mechanics of how many engines it takes to move the arms and whatnot. And, like, all the uh, kaiju and Jaeger fights, there isn't any, like, motion capture involved. It's all not animated by hand, but it's all, you know, animated without any reference just to give that sense of weight. Because if they were motion captured, they would still move like people. Right, that's a good point. Um, it's the speed is an interesting thing that you mentioned mm-hmm. in that the the Jaegers have to, you know, they're powered machines. It, 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 it <clears throat> it's a it's a human made machine in a huge, incredible scale, versus these monsters mm-hmm. that are they they're. They're just moving. They're they mm. they're not. I don't know how to put this. It sounds stupid, but it's it's like I don't think about how I move through space. I just do it. Versus somebody had to design these Jaeger so that they could a handle the impact, b you know handle the the weight of themselves, and also be able to to battle a, a, a mm-hmm. kaiju, which is fucking incredible if you think about it. Yeah, I mean you know physics doesn't allow these things to exist, but you know. Putting that aside. Says you. Um, I am really curious how we get a sequel out of this. Yeah, I don't know. Because uh, they definitely done ballooed up the other, I the have, other universe. By the time we're recording this, Pacific Rim Uprising, I think, is already out of theaters. Well, so. we, there might be... I gotta Google it, but there might be a theater that we yeah. can go see it at. But um, I lost my phone. So, so yeah, so I, I, I have know. deliberately... Um, because... Uh, I'm too, I too am curious at how the sequel works to the fact that I'm I usually as we've said before you know read a lot about movies before I see them I haven't on this one because I'm genuinely curious I'd like to be surprised especially what they're doing with because you know Charlie Hunnam isn't coming back Aww. they I think Rinko um, and I always reverse the vowels in her last name uh, Kikuchi is coming back. I know Charlie Day is coming back, and they're bringing in uh, everyone's boyfriend, John Boyega, as the new guy. Yeah, I don't know. Why is that his title? Everyone's boyfriend? Yes. Because he is? Because he's the best little... He's not my boyfriend. Well, you're married. Yeah, exactly. So you can't say everyone's boyfriend. He's not my boyfriend. He's not your boyfriend. He's Joe's boyfriend. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, okay. So, glad that we sorted that out. There is a theater in Rhode Island. Just one. <laughs> I guess we'll never see it. Um, yep, so we will be in in the contingency of people that watch this at home because I got hit by a car. <laughs> so We have an excuse to not see Pacific Rim Uprising immediately. Yeah, we really did. We were gonna we were gonna Watch this, and then the next day go see Pacific Rim, and the next day in in search of a salad, I got hit by a car. 
my car got hit by a car. I was inside the car when it got hit. Doesn't matter. Anyways, we're about a month behind at this point, so we won't see it, but it's cool. We'll watch it later, and you guys will watch it with us, and it'll be so cute. And we will be surprised, because I am... We're not going to Google it. I'm not going to Google it. I'm not going to read anything about it. And I never do, so... I usually read spoilers after I'm like a quarter through the movie, because I just get to the point where I'm like, am I going to want to watch this, or is this just going to make me bummed (laughs) out? Didn't you do that for the ritual? You just sort of like, what? No, not the ritual. The thing is, I Googled the ritual to figure out who the guy was. Um, oh. He plays Thomas in Downton Abbey. Okay. But if you Google the ritual... Rit- go- oh, let me start that over. Rig-a-goo-goo-gagarag-da-darg. That's not what I was going to say. Will Ah! Uh, ah! Uh, That's so loud. She put, a, she put a hex on me. Yeah, there's a hex on all of y'all at home, <laughs> too, also. You might not be at home. You might be in your car. You might be on the train. You might be on the train sitting next to my husband. When you Google the ritual, Google starts making suggestions, and mm-hmm. the thing that it suggests is the ritual monster. Spoil- spoilers for the ritual. We've already covered this, I think, twice now. All right. So I was like, oh, I guess there's a monster, and uh, <laughs> fuck, whatever. But I was watching Hush. Oh, okay. And I was like nine minutes into Hush, and spoilers for Hush, Hush. Oh, no, I said it right the first time, and then I doubted myself, and I said it again, just louder. <laughs> Spoilers for Hush. <laughs> Katie turns Norwegian briefly. Shit, dude. Let me just... After the story, I'm going to tell you my story. My other story. Um, why, why am I on a podcast? I don't speak well. I was watching Hush on Netflix. Because we don't like our jobs. We want to get right. famous. <laughs> I love my job, but I also want to just be famous because I'm a narcissist. Yep. I was watching Hush on Netflix. I was about maybe, maybe 15 minutes into it, and one of the characters is brutally murdered. And I was like, oh, it's like that, is it? So I read the entire synopsis. (laughs) Oh, showing your hand early, are you, Hush? Oh, is this a murder movie? Because I don't like those. Yes, I do. But I read the entire... How did you not not twig it from the uh, poster where it's just, you know... Wo- I thought like, like, was- like, like I think it's a woman standing in her kitchen and there's a spooky mask guy in the window. I thought the entire movie was like him toying with her, which it is, but he also murders her next door neighbor who is a cute redhead that starred in Grey's Anatomy. And I was like, I'm fond of this one. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, you're dead, bitch. Goodbye. And um, goodbye. Goodbye. So I read the entire synopsis. I'm going to get through the story, I swear. And I was like, I don't want to. I don't want to watch this. And I just turned it off. And now I don't. Now I know I don't want to watch it. So I don't have to keep worrying about it. Is Hush the one where she's a survivalist? You know, she has survival training, or is that your next? Um, Hush is the one where it is a woman who, uh, due to bacterial meningitis as a child, is deaf and yep. uh, can't speak. And is a novelist, mm-hmm. and she lives in the woods, and okay, a dude kills her neighbor, and then, well, her neighbor runs to her house, and is like slamming on the window, and is like, hear me, hear me, and she can't hear her because she's deaf, so she gets like stabbed a bunch, and she dies, and the guy's like tapping on the window with the, with the blade, and he realizes, that he's like, this could be fun, so he drags off the cute redhead. And comes back and lets himself in her house. And she's, like, Skyping with her sister. And, like, the sister sees something move in the background. So there's a lot of teasing. Mm -hmm. But then they just, they end up just straight up, like, fighting. Like, she hits him with a brick or maybe, (laughs) like, a a, a, a sewing kit. I don't know. There's just a lot of violence. And I don't like... 
I don't really, I don't, I don't know. I like movies that are suspenseful. I like movies that are thrillers. I like movies that hint towards violence. Like, I think Silence of the Lamb is dope. Silence of the One Lamb. It's a lesser known film. Uh, sorry. Starring Anthony Hopkins' brother, Billy. <laughs> Billy. Um, but, you know, yes, it's violent in that there are women being murdered and, uh, you know, like, throughout the investigation, like, you find, like, a head in a jar or whatever. But you're not just watching a woman get the crap beaten out of her. Uh, so I was like, I'm, I'm just not going to have a good time. So I didn't watch it. What was my story? So long story short, we're not going to read the spoilers for Pacific Rim Uprising. Are we, William? I'm not. No, me neither. Uh, I, I just know that John Boyega is in it, so. Mm-hmm. There you have it. So, anywho, uh, great film. Really had a good time. Are we, are we already at that point yet? We haven't talked no, about No, I'm not done. All right. I was like, we just really just started, Just we really just rambled for 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, so, I think 15. Whatever, Will. <laughs> I don't, I'm not bound by your time and your, your space and your final frontier. Captain's Log. Starting. <laughs> <laughs> Your face was just so per- puzzled. You were so puzzled. Uh, let's 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 really let's really dig in here. Okay. What, I, what was your favorite part of Pacific Rim? My favorite part of Pacific or aspect, yeah. I guess. Well, like you know, I love the you know Pacific Rim is a fully. I mean, it's not based on like a book or a you know comic or something. And, like, even, like, a lot of crazy stuff comes from somewhere. Like, you know, Monkey Bone. You remember Monkey Bone? Do I? I own it on DVD. <laughs> yeah. I think it's I think it's my DVD you have. Fuck off. <laughs> I think I, no, I think I bought it at GameStop. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, Monkey Bone is based on some weird Canadian comic. So this is... Who... Who... Who are you? How did you get in my house? <laughs> who was the original... Uh, who was Brainchild... A guy named Hot. Travis Beecham. Okay, thank you for figuring out what I was saying from yeah. all that nonsense. Oh uh, yeah, uh, it's like apparently he, you know, was walking. I had, and I don't, I don't have this memorized. I just read this on IMDb. Uh, he was walking, uh, you know, on the beach, and he saw like a pier. Uh, you know, in you know, in the early morning fog, he's like, oh, that looks like a monster. What if there was a giant robot gonna go fight it? And then he went home and wrote the script and like, what's uh, his name? Travis Beecham. Travis Beecham. Dude, giant fucking thumbs... Oh, uh, no pun intended, but literally, like, giant thumbs up for Travis Beecham because this is such a cool... Uh, such a cool concept. It's such a simple concept. Yeah. That is incredibly well executed, and this turned into... You know, from that, that walk on the beach one day turned into a fucking awesome movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, you know, it's not... This is something like... And... Like, it's, you know, giant robots fighting, you know, giant monsters is something that you see before, like, you know, you know, Mechagodzilla and Ultraman, but the sort of method of approaching it is, you know, interesting, the fact that they have to be two pilots, they have to be, you know, they can't just, you know, sh- you know shoot them because they... They have poisonous yeah, blood. Yeah, they have poisonous blood, which, which they really get into in the, in the Tales from Year Zero comic, but in the films are sort of like... It's sort of alluded to in the uh, early, you know, you know the 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 early, the opening montage was like, 
like the terrible uh, phenomenon known as kaiju blue, and then it's sort of like whatever you do, don't don't let them bleed on you, or like I would have had like someone suffering kaiju blue poisoning or something like that, or like a minor character. Here we go again, just rewriting movies. Yeah. Well, you know, just I think it was fine. I don't think I was missing anything. It was enough to say like, hey, we can't just like hit them with a missile in the middle of a you know fucking Grateful Dead concert. Because then all those people get fucked up. In like at, at at the end of the film when they're fighting that bunch of dudes, bunch of dudes. Yeah, bunch what, of... Great. what movie did you watch, Will? Batman v Superman, I think. <laughs> no. you, know, you know, and Bruce Wayne's find that bunch of dudes when they're fighting the three ones that come kaiju? out of the thing. Yeah, the three kaiju. And oh, what do they call it? Not Factor Five. Category Five. Yeah. Um. I have brain damage. <laughs> Go on. They're fighting the fives. Yeah. The, no, well, the, two fours and a five. Two fours and a five. And the five is like actually really embarrassing looking. It's just enormous, but it's like how many how many parts? How many parts? So many parts. It's one of those things where like in the art it looks, you know, huge and intimidating, but in motion it's just sort of slithery. Yeah. Also, I'm sorry, can I just... Why weren't they using the sword the whole fucking time? It's super effective. (laughs) Because of Kaiju Blue. They're sort of, like, why are they building giant robots? What punched them is, you know, the whole idea of Kaiju Blue is, you know, once... Especially because they're in the middle of Tokyo or Hong Kong. You know, like, if they cut it open, the blood's gonna go everywhere, and... Once people are out of their uh, shelters, it's still there. They're still going to get, you know, poisoned, and it's it's not a good time. So they had to use it in a place where it'll either get diluted, like I guess at the bottom of the ocean, R.I.P. all the fish. To be fair, were the fish there? Because, like, I would bet that that friggin' giant rift is, like, radiated or, or something and radiated so i mean those fish are probably long fucking gone they're like hey man we we came here to have a good time but these giant fish keep coming out and they're, they're just fucking our day up. or they're super big tasty fish now delicious <laughs> uh or like you know in the deep you know the depths of space or whatever because that's where they kill otachi because it brings them into the atmosphere yeah yeah no he fly flies away and then they're like goodbye and they cut him they cut him and it's so good but like they fight almost always in the water why not just cut them all the time i think it's like and then put them buoys up i think it's you know the equivalent of like um oh what was that um mm, like an ecological disaster yeah what's the 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 power plant that melted down in japan god i wish i remembered fukushima yeah fukushima yeah, just, you know, it. The I think the sort of thing is, like, the sword is a tool of last resort. It's just so fucking cool. Yeah. Uh, like, if, if, if you have to, you know, like, the plasma gun, you know, it shoots a big hole in them, but at the same time, it also cauterizes the wound so it doesn't bleed. Says you. I, I think that's the <laughs> point of it, and, like... Listen, Will, I know for a fact you're not a kaiju doctor. I have to I have to resign from the university now. <laughs> Outed. Outed. Let's talk about Charlie Day for a minute. Let's talk about Charlie Day for a minute. He's so good. He is so good. Great. 
We've covered that. <laughs> On to the next thing. Ron yeah. Perlman. Ron Perlman is the best. No, but seriously, back to Charlie Day. Um, I think we were talking about this the other day is we don't... I, I don't get, and I think you mentioned that you don't get Always Sunny. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah. Um, I... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I mean, more power to everyone who's in it, but... They're all really good at being genuinely unlikable. Yeah. Someone compared it to the like it's it's the modern, more nihilistic version of Seinfeld, and I follow that in that Seinfeld, which people love, is also about generally self-involved people. That was going to say terrible, but yeah, terrible, self-involved works. Terrible and self-involved people doing terrible and self-involved stuff with a punchy soundtrack, and I think that it's always sunny in Philadelphia is kind of our you know our generation's version of that but i don't like seinfeld and i certainly can't understand what the fuck is going on it's always sunny in philadelphia but charlie day what a fucking what a fucking treasure and what he he takes a pretty what could have been a thankless role of just like you're like and i'm not sure how much was from the script or from him i was being like oh you're you know you're a scientist you know, who, who's a big, you know, nerd, and rather than taking it as, you know, nerd-like and playing it like a, a Rick Moranis type, you know, playing it like a... He's kind of a rock and roll yeah, nerd. Yeah, like, he's, he's, like he's, like, he's, he's got a, you know, very punk rock aesthetic to him, which, while still being a huge fucking nerd, but, you know, this is a guy who, and, you know, if you look in the art book, they actually... You know, he has like, oh yeah, he rolls up his sleeves, he's got um, kaiju tattoos, but in the, in, if you look in the art book, which is over there somewhere, they actually designed the tattoos go over his entire body. Cool. Yeah. Take your top off, Charlie Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, your mm-hmm, which is like... <laughs> but that's probably one of those things where it's just like, oh yeah, it's like, if we apply these tattoos, it'll take two hours. If we do the whole thing, it'll take about uh, nine hours. And it's like, oh, yeah, let's keep my shirt on. <laughs> That's a rude impression. But that's exactly what he sounds like the entire I, yeah, film. Yeah, but it's, it's only cool if he does it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought he, his character was really interesting. I thought that um, Charlie Day did a great job making it an interesting character. It's someone that you're, even though he's kind of an asshole and he's stubborn as shit, you're still rooting for him. Mm-hmm. Even when he accidentally summons the <laughs> kaiju by, like, by, uh, not rifting with them. What's it called? Drifting. Drifting with them. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I drifted with the kaiju, and then Ron Perlman's like, you motherfucker. And then the Ron kai- Perlman, the kaiju's like, I just want to kiss you on the mouth a little <laughs> bit. I just wanna, I just wanna give you a little smooch, <laughs> a little smoocheroo. Yeah, it, you know, I had to. I was so confused the first time I saw this um, because, you know, like w- w- when you know Ron Perlman, who is great in this film, he's he's only in the film for like two and a half minutes, but he's just fantastic. Um. <laughs> was that thing you sent me is like like that kaiju over there was this it's on the left and that one over there <laughs> so good um but like i'm not gonna tell you how to did this i'm gonna tell you i drifted with a kaiju and this that and the other thing and ron probably like you fucking piece of shit you did what and he grabs his eye and looks at him and then he takes off his glasses and he's got a fucking messed up eye and the first time i saw it it's sort of like oh shit hannibal chow drifted with a kaiju this is crazy good Nope, it's just sort of like, oh yeah, you gotta go to a public shelter. I went to a public shelter once. Once! And he whips off his uh, sunglasses. Like, well, that's a less interesting 
character trait, I guess. Oh, I, I was in a public shelter and got hurt a little bit. And the fact that how, how would he recognize the fact that, you know, he pulls the eyelid down and sees that he's bloody. He's like, you, you did drift with a kaiju. That's insane. You see what I'm saying? I think I got lost in the middle. So you wanted it to be that he drifted with... Don't interrupt me. He want, you wanted it to be that he drifted with a kaiju. But that didn't actually make sense, and that's not what the movie was doing. Yeah. So you were disappointed by the thing that was the, actually what the movie was trying to tell you. The first time I saw it... No, I missed the line he said right before he pulled off his glasses. Yes. So, like... and because so he, so he looks at his eye, says something, then he pulls off his glasses. So I thought, oh, shit! This is, you know... Hannibal, they've been coming after Hannibal Chow, or like, oh god, people have drifted with, Kai, with, drifted with kaiju before, rather than the public shelter thing. Got it. I thought the public shelter thing was was very effective, because it was like, I've amassed a, a huge fortune, but like the, my biggest takeaway is that I don't want to be underground with, with regular people. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. See you later. What yeah. is, um, they, the, the contact lens they had for Ron Perlman's um, fucked up eye. <laughs> it's like you like they were like ah, they just they they walked in. It's like ah, here it is. And then Gimbal was like, make it grosser. <laughs> it's like come back. Oh, here it is. Mm, make it grosser. Make make it more uncomfortable. Yeah. So so eventually this sort of like it, it, was, it was just this piece of glass that thankfully you know, he only had to wear for like two seconds on film. But you know Ron Perlman was like, yeah, it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> now put it in my eye. <laughs> I'm just looking it up. But the you know, it was like something, and you know something we were talking about in the initial conversations we were having is the fact that all the was he what movies have we done so far? I don't know. Yeah, I think of every film we've done so far. The you know the monster has been essentially an animal. The Wolfman, you know, you know p- possessed by an evil curse. But, you know, essentially an animal. The kaiju are actively malicious. They have a direction. Like, as we, were, as we said earlier, they were built for a purpose. I'm still trying to find a picture of Ron Perlman's eye. I'm not... It's, it, it's in the art book. We can... But the art book is so far away. <laughs> Whatever, it's fine. I'm closing that. Goodbye. Yeah, that's one of the things that's really, really, really fucking terrifying is they're basically... Every time a kaiju is created, it's it's created with a very particular purpose. It's it's got a um, it's got a primary drive, and that drive is to just destroy all human life. Um, and they evolve, you know they they begin to adapt because whomever these alternate universe aliens are, they are they're stubborn as shit. Yeah. And they got they got the resources to just keep making monsters yeah. and bigger yeah. and 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 more effective weapons. Yeah, we had, you know they yeah. put it they put in stuff like you know, you know we keep throwing things that you know like we throw the things with the spikes on them and the spikes aren't working and they keep dying. All right, so and I'm not sure how they can see what's going on, but then they you know let's you know Otachi and Leatherback they have it's hive mind, bro. Sure. <laughs> so they know exactly what's going on with all their kaiju all the time. Is it a hive mind? Isn't it? I'm not sure. Did they literally talk about that when he drifted with one kaiju? He drifted with all the kaiju and all of the things, so he could see the the uni- the the other the other race like making the kaiju. All right. 
I, th- I thought that was to indicate that they were clones, not that they were a hive mind. I, I think that I think that they can track all the kaiju. That's, all right. That might be my unfounded theory, but I'm thinking that every time a kaiju is created, it's they're they're they have the same LinkedIn system. Like they're they're they're. How are they creating these things? How are they programming? How are they priming them to kill humans? They're making them this way. That's their thing. All right. And then they're like adapting them and so, yeah, upgrading so them. Eventually, they get to the point where it's like, all right, we got these big fucking robots. Only took them like ten years. Um, I don't remember how long the timeline of the frame the because Charlie because the, the first one comes out Charlie. Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam says he's... Ra- Raleigh Beckett. <laughs> Charlie says he's 15 when the first monster walked out of the Atlantic Ocean. I'm sorry, the Pacific Ocean. And he's tops 30. I think he's supposed to be 25, 26, let's, let's 27. <laughs> okay. Directed by Gamble del Toro, Mexico. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Uh, in 2013, huge sea monsters called Sidra emerged from the International Portal. 2020, so seven. No, wait, that's the in 2025. So ten years later, the isn't that twelve years? Yeah, twelve years. Yeah, it is twelve years. Yarp. <laughs> anyway, so twelve years later, we are good at math, which is why we're gonna work. For NASA. Yep. In, in their On robot. Ro- in their robot math, <laughs> math department. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah, so... Te- so, the, the kaiju have been... Uh, the, the, they're called precursors in the art book. The precursors have been throwing kaiju, you know, one at a time uh, for ten years, you know. And then, they, I guess... And I think the sort of... Let's check the timeline. So, they show up in 2013... Giant fucking monster, designated trespasser, which I always thought was fucking cool. Um, you know, is that the name of the first kaiju? Yeah, designated trespasser. Yeah, well, it's called no trespasser. Oh, that was like that makes more sense. <laughs> that was like that's a really fucking badass name. Like, I want to have a metal band named Designated Trespasser. And so you shall. I don't. <laughs> I don't like metal, but you know, whatever. So trespasser is yeah. kaiju number one. Kaiju number one. Then I think it's like six months later, the second one shows up, and then what's his name? I don't remember. Larry, go on. <laughs> and then like four months, then five months later, another one shows up. It's like, oh god, we got to do something about this. Uh, because what because... have they been doing before? Just like hucking pebbles and be like, no, you stay away. Uh, drawing them away from population centers and nuking them. Okay, yeah. and then they were getting kaiju blue, and they were getting you know they were wrecking the environment. People were dying. They blew themselves. Blew themselves up. No, like it's a. a uh, uh, oh, I I blew myself. Yeah. And then they died. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> Oops. So there is they're escalating. They're, they're escalating. They're coming faster. Mm-hmm. And they're also getting yep. bigger. Yeah. Over the course of that ten years, twelve years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because I think you know, trespasser trespassers uncategoried. Uh, then is the category one, the one they fight at the beginning is a category three, 
And I think the sort of, you know, when Bern Gorman is running around being like, oh, everything is going too terrible, and then we're going to have two, and then we'll have four, and then six, and then everything will just come be coming out of the rift at any point. Um, the sort of implication is there can't be Category 5s because the breach isn't big enough. The breach, that's what it's called. So, and maybe I'm just misremembering the opening wrong, but it's implied that, you know, like, these things were happening, kaiju, you know, excuse me, Jaeger pilots are heroes, and then they stopped coming, or we were just feeding them easy enough that it became passe? I think that, I, I know that in the, in the, uh... <laughs> Bonjour. <laughs> Je pense que, no, <laughs> I think that they had either it was too expensive to keep to maintain the robots so the robots the Jaegers could do the fighting they were allocating you know they were taking the funding from the Jaeger project and moving it to the wall the defensive mm-hmm. walls were supposed to be like you know what this is crazy expensive let's just build a giant wall that'll keep them out and then you know we'll we'll deal with fucking I don't know we'll we'll just pour a bunch of cement in the ocean and hope for the best I don't know what their game plan was obviously it didn't work because knife head no, it wasn't Knifehead. Who broke through the wall? Like it was. I, fucking... I know this one. Mutivore. Mutivore broke through the wall like it was, um, like fucking, you know, crep streamers at a, at a party. It was just like, well, and it just floated through. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, it like, breached the wall. What have we been doing for the last nine years? <laughs> you've been doing shit. Great wall though, did nothing. Uh, <laughs> the the walls they do nothing. Um, yeah, so Will's point that may or may not have been earlier in the podcast, I may have made him cut it out, uh, was why have they suddenly developed EMP and acid spit? And my argument was for the movie, bro, (laughs) but, uh, it stands to reason that if they're coming faster and they're they're not being successful. They're still being defeated. You'd think that they... I don't know what my point is. That they they would have... You know, there yep. would have been incremental uh, yeah. evolution, if you will. L- and l- not just like two that pop up. Yeah. And they're like, we got... Look at look at this. We, we can do. Yeah. Kablam. Yeah, it was like, if, if there had been like a... You know... I remember... I, I like the... I love the movie, but... There are some things I wish it had also done... I wish, you know, Cherno Alpha and Crimson Typhoon, the, you know, Russian and the Chinese uh, Jaegers had a chance to, you know, do something because they essentially show up and then they, you know, fight, fight, fight a little bit and then get, you know, you know, yeah, smoshed to coin a word. Like, I wish they would. You said smoshed. Didn't you just smoshed? I said smooshed. Oh, I heard smoshed. How dare you? I said (laughs) smooshed. Um, so, like, if there were had, you know, like, oh, we have to, you know, if we were building, so, so, we have the knife head fight, we have the mutivore thing with, uh, Striker Eureka shooting with a bunch of missiles, if they had had, like, something else, which would probably just killed the pacing, but, like, you know, another smaller Jaeger that had something they hadn't seen before, it's like, it's like, this one, you know, shot electricity at me, we've never seen that before, <laughs> I have a point yes. to make. 
earlier in our in 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 this conversation, you had said that when the Jaegers break, when the monsters break through, the people evacuate. Mm-hmm. But there were people shooting cell phone videos of the Australian robot fighting Mutivore. Because they weren't expecting it to get through the wall. But they, I mean, it's fucking 90 stories tall or some shit. They would have seen it approaching the wall. But they were expecting... You think they would have anticipated, like, hey, just in Casey's, maybe leave. They're Australian. I don't get They have no sense of self-preservation. Will, I... (laughs) I'm not comfortable endorsing a sweeping judgment against the entire country of Australia. But you do you, bro. You do you. I just... I don't know. I just have I've been I've I'm left with more questions than answers. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast. Um, let's see. I saw a video. No. Oh, Who I... let you on the internet again? <laughs> Go on. Um, would the film be improved in your opinion if rather than after the introduction in introductory montage rather than the sequence with um charlie hunnam and the guy from the blacklist it had it had gone right into mako's flashback with um your favorite onibaba i do love onibaba (laughs) so okay we're not cutting out the original Gypsy Danger sequence. We're, we're just we're, moving it. We're, we're moving that so Mako can see why Raleigh quit. Sort of like the fact that, you know, like, oh yeah, here's this Jaeger pilot. Um, he's the only guy who quit the program. He's, you know, working as, you know, a grunt on the wall. Why did he do this? Because it refocuses the film from Raleigh, who you know, all respect to Charlie Hunnam, isn't, you know, he's, he's just, he's just kind of, he's sort of white bread. No, disagree. Okay. I thoroughly disagree if you think that Raleigh is white bread. The thing is he, he and Mako need each other. Yes. And instead of it being about Charlie Hunnam and his struggles with losing his brother, it's Charlie Hunnam using the fact that he understands due to his losing his brother while drifting with him, to be able to help Mako overcome her need for vengeance, etc. Okay. So I think that I love where Mako's origin story, if you will, sits in the film. Okay. I think it's perfect. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing, except maybe more Onibaba. I'm just <laughs> saying. I'm just saying. So, so, so. me up, dude. <laughs> With her little shoe. Oh no, mm-hmm. I'm gonna cry again. With her little <laughs> shoe, and she's just crying. And that actress, the little baby actress, I just want to give her everything she wants. <laughs> like I'm sorry that you had to go through that. So, I hope they paid you well. So you disagree with the theory that I, I don't even remember where it came from. I mean, I'll watch it if you can find it for me. I'll watch it. And we can, sure. you know, we can circle back after I've seen it. But just thinking about it, you know, in, in my imagination, I can't see that working okay but wouldn't that make the entire movie like would that would then you would pivot around mako i i think mako would help raleigh get over his shit i i think the point of the video was that the movie would have been better served if mako was the main character rather than the deuter the what 
deuterotagonist. It's like the protagonist, but secondary. Deuterotagonist. Okay. Um... No, I mean I I like the movie the way it is. All right. I if I if someone could show it to me, I'll watch the video. Yeah, let's see if I can find it for you. But would it be like would the would they have just recut the movie to be that way, or would it be a different movie? I'm I I saw this a couple of years ago. No, then why'd you bring it up, man? I need more. Because I thought it would be an interesting thought experiment. It is, but now I'm like desperate to see that thing. Okay. I think about it. Um, do you think we could ever be Jaeger pilots? Do you think we're drift compatible? <laughs> I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Folks at home. Do you think that we're drift compatible? Well. <laughs> uh, Operators are standing yeah, by for your you response. Just maybe tell me. If, if, you I... th- if, if you think Katie and I are drift compatible, send your responses to, uh, you know, Katie loves Kaiju at gmail.com. Or don't. Or don't. Keep it to yourself. Keep, keep it to yourself. Wanna, <laughs> I don't want to hear your negativity. <laughs> Write it down. Yeah. Fold it up. Place it under a rock. Say a wish. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the wish won't will or won't come true. If you think that your origami wish will come true, email us at kingdomofskyju at gmail.com. Do not include the wish. No, because then it definitely won't come true. And I don't want that on me. Okay, so be responsible with your wishes. (laughs) Folks, uh, listen to me now because you haven't been this whole episode. Um,. Pacific Rim is a favorite of mine. Uh, I think that to really be successful as a giant monster movie, you have to have to sell the scale. You Mm -hmm. have to sell that idea of being completely helpless as a human. Um, Cloverfield does this well. Pacific Rim does this well. Obviously, the human aspect in Pacific Rim... We're 12 years into them finding a solution. The solution's been working thus far. That doesn't make it any less scary. And I can't even tell you how many times we might be able to, to say, like, how many times I was like, no, that's so fucked up. That's so fucked up. Like, when the, when the, when the fucking boat's there and it comes out of the water and I'm mm-hmm. screaming. Not screaming, but yeah. I'm fighting a scream. It's so good. It scares me, like, and I also love it. Well, especially because the kaiju and the Jaegers are, I th- they are considerably larger than most monsters in fiction. I think they're like 100 meters high, yeah. something like that. You know what also does it very well? Hmm. Skull Island. Just kidding. Kong, colon, Skull Island. Maybe. There might be punctuation in there. The scene where uh, Cutie Patootie... Is on the beach. Brie Larson? No. She is so cute, though. Um, brown Eyes brown eyes McFacey Love. What's his name? We're talking about the... He get it. We, 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 talk, we talk about friend of the podcast, Toby Kebbell. Toby! <laughs> yes, Toby Kebbell. Um, Toby Kebbell's on the beach, and uh, Kong comes out and then kills the squid. And Toby Kebbell's just sitting there watching this entire fucking thing happen. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is like a 
delightful scene as far as like I can't do jack shit to defend myself. Running away puts me in more danger, so I'm plastered to this spot just watching something that is inconceivably big do something in an inconceivably big way. <laughs> I love that scene. And then he sits on a bug. Then he sits on a bug and then he gets he gets at and I'm depressed about it still. Imagine uh, if I just treated every every session of Kitty Loves Kaiju like a therapy session. Isn't that what we've been doing? Pretty much. Where it's like, <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, I feel like Toby Kebbell should have been given a chance. And, uh, no, I'm kidding. I do, though. I do feel strongly about it. Um, I'm just crying. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just need a minute. Any uh, any other thoughts or points that you'd like to touch upon, William? Well, take my notes. I don't think I have anything else to say. Didn't really say anything. What were our, what were our pre-show? Uh, Charlie Day robots kaiju with purpose. Great, we've covered <laughs> we've all. We've covered all things. those three. All, all three of those things. Just to clarify, we don't want to know what Charlie Day's purpose <laughs> is. We know it's Charlie Day, comma. No, it was Charlie Day robots kaiju's with purpose. Sorry, I got confused. If. <laughs> The second film does not have Charlie Day robots. I will be disappointed. Aw, that would be fun. Just a really, really big version of Charlie Day. Super huge. Every, uh... Not every time. Often, when I think about this movie, <laughs> I think about the fact that your... Well, our friend, but mostly your friend, Kelsey, said that the reason he loves this movie so much is because of Charlie Day. Because he's like, I love him. And he wants to, like give him a kiss on the forehead or whatever <laughs> and i just i think of that every fucking time i'm like oh kelsey you love charlie day mm-hmm. katie any uh do you have any final thoughts about pacific rim do i i just like <laughs> whip out a fucking thesis uh no honestly um great movie love it very much near and dear to my heart i actually am glad that it's been a while since I saw it because now I've, I've seen it uh, and then I got in a car accident so I can watch it again. And it'll be like a new experience once more. Oh, and then <laughs> we'll go see or not go see. Well, then we'll see Pacific Rim Uprising spoiler free and it'll be fucking awesome. So uh, I hope I hope you liked it. Uh, of course. It put you on the spot. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> uh, that's, you know, it's the solid B plus film. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm yeah. I'm with you, um, but I think it did. You know, the special effects yeah, stand up. The it, plot is 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 fun and enjoyable. It's and a movie I can watch. You know, if it's on TV, it's like, you know, if it's on, I don't think I don't I don't think it's actually streaming on anything right now. But it's sort of like, like I'm not doing anything. It, it it's like the Mummy. We can always watch Pacific Rim and enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. Also, Idris Elba, if you're listening, um, I love you. He's not. But I love you, anyway. Idris Elba. In this movie. Amazing so in it. So good. So good. What's up? Anyways, that's been, uh, that's been this episode of Katie Loves Kaiju. Hopefully, um, the old noggin is up to speed for our next episode, and it will be a little bit more to the point. Mm-hmm. But... If you would like to purchase some handmade wooden wands made by, how do you say, yours truly, 
yours <laughs> truly, because there's two of us, Ooh. then you can find us on Etsy if you search for Stag Creek Creations. One word. Stag Creek. Stag one. Creek. S-A... Hold on. That's not correct. S-T-A-G-C-R-E-E-C-K. No, that's also not correct. <laughs> Here's the thing. I can edit out the uh, extra C. No, don't. S- that's not fair. I don't get to edit any of this, so you don't get to make yourself sound smarter. That's uh, not fair. What have you been doing for the last... S-T-A-G-R-C-K-L-M-N-L-O-P. Q-R-S. T-U-V. If you, if you have you know questions, concerns, you want to spoil Pacific Rim Uprising, no, what? You can email, <laughs> you can email us at uh, yes, Kaiju at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at uh, Kaiju. Uh, we're gonna get a Twitter and a Patreon and do all the cool stuff that cool people do. But only if you listen to us. But only if you listen to us. Because we we need your validation. So tell all your friends. Tell everyone. Tell tell your mom. Tell your mom and your dad, your grandmother, uh, your next door neighbor, maybe their cat. Just maybe play it to your friends while they're sleeping. So they like wake up and they're like, man, I feel really fucking weird, but I want to. I feel weird. I feel weird, but I really love monsters now. But I really just want to watch Alien. (laughs) Yeah. Do all those things and then uh, listen to us next time. All right, well, that's about everything that we could possibly think of to say about Pacific Rim. So we are going to go make some delicious cheeseburgers. And, uh, you know, I hope you guys have a great day. Again, signing off, I'm Katie. I'm Will. And you can't come. No, there's no burgers for you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.